6: KFI AM 640, you're listening to the John and Ken Show On Demand on the iHeartRadio app. We're on from 1 to 4 every day on the radio after 4 o'clock, the podcast John and Ken On Demand on the iHeart app. All right, we're going to
7: get right into it. The criminal justice system in California, and more specifically here in Los Angeles County, is in a shambles. And we have a couple of updates today. Later on in the show, we'll be talking about a judge that says, oh, let's get rid of bail. Yeah, the no bail requirement is back like it was during the pandemic. That's nice for the crime rates. But we're going to start with, of course, the story has to come from the East Coast. The New York Post woke L.A. D.A. George Gascon has 10,000 case backlog, a toxic attitude which is driving staff away. This is according to their sources, some who went on the record, some who did not. One former deputy D.A. told the Post in my career as a prosecutor, I've never had victims' families actually hate us until I came into this office. And you imagine it's so bad, there's a lot of open positions, people aren't taking these jobs, there's so many cases backed up that have to be filed. We're going to talk now to one of the candidates who would like to replace George Gascon as DA in next year's election. Los Angeles County Deputy DA John McKinney is coming on the show to give his thoughts about
3: this story. John, how are you? Good afternoon, Johnny Ken. Thanks for having me on.
6: 10,000 case backlog? Is anybody doing any work there?
3: You know, we are doing work. We're working twice as hard as we did before, and I know that's probably surprising to people, but it's because George Gascon can't keep the office at its appropriate staffing levels. No one wants to work for him. The people who have been here are leaving. The young attorneys are leaving uh, within a year of joining the office. Older attorneys are leaving Uh, after dedicating so many years and blood, sweat, and tears to the job. It's it's just a a very sad scene here in the DA's office.
7: I thought he was replacing them all with public defenders. Is that not happening at the rate he needs it to happen?
3: Well, even the public defenders don't want to work for him. But, uh, yes, he has snatched a few of them over from the public defender's office, and I'm sure he'd like to bring more.
6: What makes the work environment so oppressive? What what is he doing? What are the policies? We know about the policies that affect the defendants. What are the policies that are affecting the prosecutors here that makes it so difficult for them to want to work?
3: You know, people decide to go into public service for deeply personal reasons. Oftentimes people don't choose this work because they want to get rich and make a lot of money. So the people who come to work for the DA's office usually come because they want to give something back to society. They want to do justice. They want to support victims. They want to help contribute to a better community. And so they join the DA's office. Why not? The chief prosecutor, uh, the gatekeeper of the criminal justice system is a great place to work if you are civic minded. But we have a DA now who's changed the mission. The mission is no longer... To go into court and do the right thing and be just and support victims the mission now is to go into court and implement a, a political ideology that seeks to destroy our court institution
6: uh, all the quotes in this news story are are very strong eric sadal the vice president of the deputy district attorneys association said the reputation of the office has been destroyed People know he's hostile to employees. Uh, former DA Steve Cooley said that the office is hemorrhaging talent. I, I, I mean, it really sounds like an extreme emergency inside the offices.
3: Well, it is. You know, um, I've been with the office for 25 years. I was assigned to the most prestigious trial unit in the office. And today I'm talking to you from a small area office in East Los Angeles handling misdemeanor cases because I dared to speak up and speak out against the district attorney. Uh, You have people who are just as committed to changing things as I am, but they're not in as comfortable position as I am to speak out. You have people with families, people with loans and mortgages who wish they could lend their voice and their identity behind their statements, but they simply can't because George Gascon has this record of vindictive behavior toward his employees. We've seen, what, 20 lawsuits reportedly filed against him for mistreating his employees.
7: Yeah. And on top of that, you know, is it possible, John, that not only were you retaliated against because of your speaking out? But also because you're a talented prosecutor and they don't necessarily want that either because the idea now is to send as few people to prison, to jail as we can.
3: Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm one of a growing number of senior, experienced prosecutors who have had a lot of success in the office. You've had John Lewin on a number of times. The list is growing by the day of very effective prosecutors who are being transferred into positions where we can't prosecute. We can't use our talent, our experience, our education to help uh, the the community that invested in us so many years ago, hoping that we would stick around for the long haul and do this work that needs to be done. And and I know you guys are reporting today uh, about this uh, 10,000 case backlog that uh, is sitting on a server someplace of cases that should have been filed. Uh, This is justice delayed. This is justice denied. And it's outrageous, but yet another example of George Gascon's failed leadership.
7: There must when be honest. what does that mean for public safety when you have 10,000 cases on backlog?
3: Well, nothing good. I can tell you when those cases do get filed, they're usually filed too late. I can tell you here in East LA we've had a, a number of cases that were filed after the statute of limitations had run. and, and even some that were filed the last week before the statute were, was to run. We're getting a lot of speedy trial motions. Courts are granting these motions because they're finding no excuse for why we are not moving faster in this office.
6: The uh, former deputy DA who said that, uh, made that quote that Ken referenced earlier about victims' families actually hate us. Um, He said, we're hated by all the victims because of a lack of prosecution and low sentences. Gascon is so focused on justice for black and brown defendants but the victims and their families are also black and brown. Where is the justice for them? How do you respond to that? That's a former deputy DA talking.
3: Yeah, well, here's my response. And, you know, every DA is having a different experience in this office. We're a big office. Um, we're located throughout the county of 10 million people. I think that we are doing our level best to meet out as much justice as we can. I think that, at least in my experience, the victims that I talk to appreciate how hard we're working, and they are aware of the circumstances that we're working uh, under. So I would disagree slightly uh, with the statement that all victims hate us. Um, I, I don't think that's true. I think that we're finding ways to be as supportive as possible of victims, and they appreciate it
7: what what about the part of the comment john and you are african-american yourself that the victims are often black and brown and and if gascon thinks that the criminal justice isn't fair to the criminals when they're black and brown what about the victims
3: yeah victims are invisible to george gascon and quite frankly they're invisible to a lot of elected leaders in this community and statewide i, I don't know what happened over the last 20 years because victims used to be at the center of our criminal justice system. Everything was victim-centric, and now it's just the opposite. Everything is defendant-centric. Take African-American women, for example. African-American women make up 4% of L.A. City's population. 4%. Yet they make up 33% of the homicide victims. Wow. That is an important stat. That is something that any reasonable district attorney should be talking about. He should be ringing the alarm bell. He should be calling for resources. He should be 200 lawyers above staffing to try to attack that problem. But he's not. He won't talk about the large numbers of African-American and Hispanic young men who are being slaughtered in our streets. What is is
6: this this about? That that statistic is stunning. So what is this movement about?
3: Well, look, I don't get the point of all this. You know, you have a lot of non-serious people being elected to office. We see growing numbers on the city council, the board of supervisors. We have a DA who's not serious. And, you know, they've all subscribed to some notion that society is unfair. Government is unfair. Our institutions are all racist. And it it makes no sense to me. I've tried to explain George Gascon, but trying to explain crazy just makes you sound crazy. Uh, But (laughs) but I trust I trust that the reasonable people of L.A. County have finally figured this all out and that they're going to make a change, at least to the D.A.'s office in 2024. and, And that's why I'm running for district attorney.
7: And you mentioned the city council, the Board of Supervisors, the DA. Let me just get your quick comments on what they want to put us on as a path to what they call, John, alternatives to incarceration, diversion programs. Basically, they don't necessarily want people going through the traditional criminal justice court system and possibly ending up in jail or prison. They want them treated, what, through mental health facilities? What's your take on that whole philosophy?
3: Well, I think that there is a growing movement of people who don't believe punishment is a legitimate goal of the criminal justice system. They don't think punishment is a legitimate goal. They think that every consequence to a crime should be to try to make the offender a better person. Now, look, all of us believe in rehabilitation and reform when it's possible, but we also recognize that for certain crimes, there needs to be an element of accountability and punishment as well. Um, I think there are people in our government who are letting our institutions, like our our jails, and we're hearing reports today about our juvenile facilities literally crumbling on the heads of the minors who are housed there. They want those institutions to fail. This is willful neglect. They want them to fail and close so they have an excuse for people not being ordered into confinement when, when it's appropriate to do so.
7: John, thank you so much for talking to us again. I know we'll be talking a lot. It is McKinney4LA.com. That's M-C-K-I-N-N-E-Y, the number 4, LA.com. John McKinney, L.A. County Deputy District Attorney and candidate for uh, L.A. County D.A. in 24. Thanks for coming on again.
3: Thank you, John. Thank you, Ken.
6: All right. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. We're on live from 1 until 4. After 4 o'clock, you can hear the show as a podcast, John again on demand, on the iHeart app. And if you're just joining us this minute, we just had on John McKinney, uh, deputy DA, who's running to replace George Gascone. In fact, if you missed the interview, you could hear it on uh, on the podcast after 4 o'clock. And uh, on this New York Post story, 10,000 case backlog, uh, dozens of, of uh, deputy DAs quitting. They have a lot of job openings there. And there was one statistic he said that just blew my mind 4% of LA County made up of black women. They're 33% of the murder victims. That should be all you need to know. That tells you where the problem lies with George Gascon's so, policies. So Gascon is a screaming racist. And, and he uses racism to deflect his own massive failures. When you let 4% of the population become one-third of the murder victims, what kind of racism is in your soul? What kind of hatred do you have?
7: And all your sympathy lies with the criminal. What can we do to help the criminal?
6: And that's so sick. But it's like John McKinney said. He goes, you try to explain crazy, you sound crazy yourself. (laughs) There's there's no basis for this. There's no rational thought behind this at all. 4% of the population, black women, 33% of the murder victims in L.A. County, and, and, you know, what? that statistic has to be thrown in the face of every jackass progressive in government over and over again, every time they scream racism, including the black activists.
7: And I'm glad we have, you know, it's often not the case. We have a couple of good candidates who want to replace Gascon. We have John McKinney and John Hatami and also Nathan Hockman. All three of them would really bring us back to where we have to be in the criminal justice system in L.A. County. So. You know, they could easily split the vote next year in the primary, and only one of them would advance against Gascon. Wouldn't it be great if two of them, if Gascon finished like third or fourth? But, you know, maybe I'm too hopeful and too optimistic.
6: Yeah, well, I mean, there was polling done during the recall movement that uh, people were against Gascon by about a three-to-one margin. And I can't imagine it's much better right now.
7: I'll tell you one thing. I mean, somebody put us on his stupid mailing list, but he's been sending out a lot of pleas for money in the last few weeks. I don't know if he has some internal polling that told him he's got to get early on this. I'm talking about Gascon. <clears throat> he's got to get on top of this. but And he's sending out all these things about what he's doing for victims. It's the, also another theme of his
6: emails. The only way his polling could go up, and even then it would just inch up, is if he completely was out of the news and people forgot. Right. Uh, you see that happen with uh, presidents. Uh, Their polling after they're out of office goes up, and people remember them more fondly for whatever reason. Um, but what you see that with, with presidents while they're in office too, the more they're in the news, the worse it is. He's going to be in the news a lot and he has such a horrific record so far that I, I think his campaign is going to be hopeless, but, uh, it's good. It's good that there's going to be a lot of people articulating what's wrong with Gascon.
7: Yep. Well, let's hope there's a lot of focus and votes next year. when We get to primary time. Uh, the answer on the John and Ken show is two. Two people picked Tina Turner in the 2024 gold poll. Just to give you that update. And, of course, the announcement made early this afternoon that she passed away at the age of 83, which is remarkable because you always think of her as just so youthful. I can't imagine her in her 80s. I don't think she's made a lot of public appearances in the last few years, she but, had, of course, made the great comeback
6: in the mid-80s when it, she released that powerful album. She had the best legs I ever saw in a music concert. <laughs> No seriously. <laughs> and she wore the short skirts so Oh yeah, she there was plenty skirts, of leg to see. I saw her at the Greek theater uh, years ago is, when uh, when she was, you know, still uh, uh, at 100% strength and wow. That that, that I, I I still watch your videos sometimes online. I watched that uh, special did you see it on HBO about her life? Uh, I watched I,
7: it. It was like an hour or two. I
6: watched most of it. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen several of uh, documentaries on her and that movie that they did years ago. She was one of my all-time favorites. And you know what's really interesting? I, I, I don't know what time she died today, but I was thinking about her wow. driving in. I hadn't heard the news. I heard a countdown show yesterday, and one of her old songs was on the countdown. And I was thinking about her career, and it was really rare. She was completely, like, off the charts for, uh, you know, about 10 years or more. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Um, she was really out of sight. Although she'd be on television occasionally because she'd put on those ferocious shows. Um, but, you know, she she wasn't selling any records for quite some time. And I was thinking how rare it was at 44. And she, you know, because, you know, top 40 music is always for, for people yeah, the in their youth, 20s. Right. Yeah. Teens and 20s, right. And, and I remember she and Aretha Franklin both had a comeback at the same time. And, yeah. and and the and the two of them had already had long careers, and they were at least in their 40s, and they both exploded during the mid 80s. Hey, well, I, what
7: happened to her is she had to get rid of Ike during the 70s. Yeah, there. it was an ugly marriage, abusive, obviously, and it wasn't I think until the mid 70s that she finally unleashed herself from him, and then eventually uh, slowly made her comeback with the big hits in the in the 80s, right?
6: Yeah, but that yeah, was of quite a run she had. And then she was she was set. And she yeah. became a, an icon for life after that. She Did second a Mad row. Max
7: movie, right? She yeah, did that. But yeah.
6: you see her, I because I, I I look her up a, a lot when she did old variety shows or talk shows. I mean, you see her dance when she was in her in her twenties and thirties. Yikes! I I haven't seen anyone else like that. And just her voice, so powerful.
7: It's yeah, so unique and powerful. You can't forget it whenever one of her songs comes on. You know it's her because of her uniqueness. All right, we got more coming up. We're going to give you an update when we return, and it's an interesting one. Remember the big story the other morning? That, uh, well, a guy tried to ram a U-Haul truck into the White House barriers and make his way in there to kill Biden and take over the country? Uh, There's an interesting update on that story. False flag, John Kobelt? False False Nazi flag? Maybe. And also, we have uh, Ron DeSantis officially running for president. That's next. Johnny Ken KFI AM six forty live everywhere. iHeartRadio
0: Radio app. Let me just run this by my lawyer. Is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over fifty years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2 of the award-winning film podcast and
2: this time
3: And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon.
2: We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.
4: You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640.
6: We're on the radio from 1 until 4 after 4 o'clock. Go to the iHeart app. John and Ken On Demand podcast.
7: Yeah, and the Moist line is coming back around day after tomorrow. Just that quick, uh, so we're still gathering your messages. Leave them through the app using the microphone icon, a direct message there, or call the toll-free number, 1-877-MOIST-86, one 664 We're going to talk more in a moment, but coming up at 3 p.m. our time, 6 p.m. Eastern that's when Ron DeSantis, the Florida governor, sits down with Elon Musk on Twitter and talks about running for president. He did file the paperwork. He is now officially in the 2024 race. And we'll talk about that in a moment. I'm going to update you now on the guy that, uh, well, he drove the U-Haul truck into the barriers at the White House the other night. His name is Sai Varshith Kandula. And John, we now understand he is Indian. Indian. That is, and he's not a U.S. citizen. A rare. Not. Not? Not. N O T. Is he here legally? They are not saying right now. It's the only
6: Rising. piece of information Fox News Digital could extract. A non citizen trying to ram his U home to the White House? That's only for citizens, that privilege. Well, that will get
7: him in further trouble for deportation, will it not? <laughs> I,
6: yes. <laughs> now, he, oh, I don't know. These days? Is, now,
7: he may have legal paperwork to be here. I don't
6: know that. Yeah, but still. He's I just mean, not a U.S. Citizen. You've got to be a citizen to drive your truck into the White House.
7: Uh, anyway, he did appear in court today, but here is the bit of the bombshell. Charges have been markedly dropped. Uh, we're now down to really, uh, the term they're using is, downgraded remember they had all that stuff in there about uh, threatening to kill kidnap or inflict harm on a president the vice president or a family member yeah as well as assault with a dangerous weapon well yeah reckless operation of a motor vehicle oh. trespassing and destruction of federal property I, that's what it all was though all dropped one single count of depredation of property of the united states in De- excess of a thousand dollars depredation
6: i don't even know what that means well, I guess it means damaging it. Damaging, yes. Depredation, right. I don't know. So
7: uh, this almost sounds like a misdemeanor. I don't know. Uh <laughs> not sure if it's a misdemeanor Plundering. or a felony. Plundering. <laughs> a so, good word. Uh, yeah, so some people, he's a self-described unemployed data analyst.
6: Okay, I, I don't understand this because usually. And we
7: learned a little more about him.
6: What's that? Well, usually you ram a truck uh, trying to get on the White House property. That's all kinds of terrible federal felonies, right? And And then when you tell everybody, I'm here to kill the president,
7: I mean, the Secret Service is all over. If you make a threat online, it's probably a serious deal. I don't know why everything got downgraded. They got
6: some woke a-hole district attorney. People are
7: smelling a false flag, John. I'm just telling you this. (laughs) The story's already coming in. (laughs)
6: They're smelling a false flag. Suddenly,
7: all of the dropping of most of the charges tells people, what was this? Well, that doesn't make sense. Based on, I mean, you can see with your own eyes what he did. Well, here it is. He took a one-way flight from St. Louis to Washington, D.C., arrived around 8 p.m. He rented a U-Haul box truck and drove directly to the White House. His goal to get to the White House, seize power, and be put in charge of the nation. When asked how, he said he would kill the president if that's what I have to do, and he would hurt anyone that would stand in his way. He can't lay out the threat any clearer. He said that he was successful because he sent a message. Gandula stated a message was meant to be sent to all organizations like the Secret Service. Either way, whether I get into the White House or not, my message was received. Well, he said when he gets arrested, <laughs> his book would get to those who needed to see it. What is the book? A green book in which he had written his plans to enter the White House and what he would accomplish if he was in charge. So, why so again, you, he's 19. Why would you let this guy go? Yeah, but
6: 19 is a legal adult.
7: Uh, he might be let go. Those charges don't sound serious. No, it they don't. Like a, Uh, Like a vandalism There's nobody in prison for depredation. (laughs) Uh, He, of course, went on to praise Nazism. Great history, he said. He likes authoritative, uh, their authoritative nature, uh, eugenics he likes, and the idea of one world order. Hmm. When asked if he looks up to any leaders, he answered, well, yes, Hitler. He was strong. (laughs) And they're letting this guy go. He brought a Nazi flag with him. The only thing the media can't run with is that he wasn't a young white kid because he's Indian. This is a very strange. Little uh, Does that have something to do with the charges being dropped? I don't know. Or the muted coverage? I don't know. There's not really a lot being written on this story. Right. But uh, obviously
6: because he didn't get into the White House, right. it doesn't make it as big on the right. uh, I smell a false flag, too. There's something wrong here. I don't know what it is, but there's something yeah, wrong. What
7: would be the point of the false flag is what I can't figure out. I don't know.
6: Uh, but but the, Yeah, but I, I, but I don't understand this. This makes no sense on its face. So what's what's the reason? What's the story? And if there is a good reason, then why don't they tell us? Uh, they talked to Aniket Sharma, who attended high school
7: with Kandula. And he said, I, I couldn't believe it for the first five or ten minutes. i would never expected him to be doing something like this. I never thought a day like this would come. But he did worry about his friend's mental state, although I don't have any elaboration on that. Was there anything he noticed recently about this uh, Missouri guy? All right. We mentioned that Ron DeSantis is officially in the race to be president of the United States. He, of course, enters the Republican presidential primary field at three o'clock our time. That will be him on Twitter with Elon Musk to talk about his campaign. He's the 44-year-old governor of Florida, and, of course, I'm reading several media reviews that he's too stiff, that uh, he looks—I was reading one in Politico. He always looks like he's uncomfortable in the room and he hates the public.
6: Hmm, I like him already. (laughs) Yeah, That's me. (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with that? What's wrong with being uncomfortable and hating the
7: public? Others would portray him as the right guy on policies along with Trump, but he wouldn't have Trump's personality, wow. abrasiveness, he may, wild
6: card behavior. <laughs> he may be stiff, but he's going to be running against an actual stiff. Uh, who Biden? Biden, Biden, right. right. Yeah, if he wins the nomination. Uh,
7: he was hotter six months ago in the polls. He's kind of dropped down a bit. In the polling, and of course, you yeah. know, he won when, re-election when, as governor of Florida, and that really boosted his status. Once Trump got indicted in this upside-down, inverted world. Oh, yeah, because they rallied to his, uh, oh, to, yeah. to Trump's yeah. uh, defense and said, that's who I'm voting for for the nomination, right. Right. And the, well, that's the, the problem for DeSantis. He has to get past Trump first.
6: So I i, I don't know. Trump. Trump's got a cult going here. The thing is, so if you get past
7: Trump and he's one-on-one with Biden, a lot of people who don't like Trump and, you know, I guess these independents might side with him. But if it's Trump against Biden, I don't know if that's going to happen. That's the problem for the Republicans in this race.
6: Yeah, I, I, I think DeSantis is a much better bet to beat Biden than Trump.
7: Uh, so just, now we have DeSantis, Trump, Nikki Haley, Tim Scott. Oh, I forgot about Asa Hutchinson, John, your friend. <laughs> and this Vivek Ramaswamy. I understand it's kind of a wild card. It's a biotech entrepreneur, Vivek. Yeah, I've, I've and read. And of course, Mike Pence might be. He's, he's actually very entertaining. I, like I him heard he can be. He can be really vocal. <laughs> yeah, and amusing. Uh, I don't know that much about him. I'll be able to look up more. But uh, uh, you know, that's the, that's the lineup right now. And I don't know when the first. And on the Democrat side,
6: we have uh, uh, a president who uh, is deceased and a vice president who's permanently stoned.
7: And we Sorry. have Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Oh, Don't forget him. Who's insane. <laughs> <laughs> All
6: right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM
7: 640. Live everywhere, I Radio app.
6: Well, we're going to have a great year and a half coming up. Uh, we are. Mark. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640.
7: Yeah, we just announced that uh, Ron DeSantis is officially in the race for president. The Florida governor uh, filed the paperwork. He'll do his uh, Twitter appearance with Elon Musk in the 3 o'clock hour here on the West Coast, 6 o'clock Eastern, uh, from Florida at some big hotel. Uh, Trump has already put out some things. Of course, he's calling him Ron DeSantis. I thought it was DeSantis. DeSantis? Ron De Sanctimonious uh, was his. Yeah, this time it was just Ron DeSantis. Uh, he said that uh, Ron <laughs> DeSantis— <laughs> Needs a personality transplant. To best of my knowledge, they're not available yet. He's a very disloyal person. I guess because Trump believes that he's the one that made DeSantis what he is. Yeah,
6: no, Trump uh, uh, was raving about him and helped get him elected back in 2018, I think. Because uh, DeSantis only won by a tiny, tiny sliver. And oh so, yeah, I do yeah, remember so that.
4: That's
7: right. Trump right. was, and then he got reelected last year. That's right, but he did very well last year.
6: Trump was uh, president and campaigned for DeSantis, so yeah, he, he probably pushed him over the edge. Yeah. But uh, uh, by the
7: way, DeSantis studied at Yale, where he played baseball. He would go to Harvard Law School, become a Navy Judge Advocate General Officer, that took him to Iraq and Guantanamo Bay detention camp. He ran for Congress in 2012. One, an Orlando area district became a founding member of the far right Freedom Caucus on Capitol Hill. And then, of course, he ran for governor of Florida, as John said, in 2018 with Trump's help, because Trump was president at the time. And then uh, he got reelected overwhelmingly in 2022. And, of course, a lot of people know him for his battles with uh, Newsom uh, and the culture wars, right, concerning which state is freer, right?
6: (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) Well, he's uh-huh. uh, he's about fifty times smarter than Newsom. He's very smart. He's very tough. No. Uh, you know, he's got a military background, a law background, uh, two degrees from Ivy League schools. Uh, nobody should underestimate him. And and I think I think he could cause Trump a lot of problems because Trump is not nearly as smart and not nearly as focused and disciplined.
7: All right, now we move over to an animal story. Is Deborah, Mark, there present. Dead or alive? What dead or alive? The animal.
8: Oh, I thought you meant me.
7: No, I thought we were playing that game where you try to guess if a celebrity's dead or alive. <laughs> no, animal dead or alive. Do, do, I mean, do you have to ruin it?
8: Oh, um, I'm just all right.
7: I won't. You're not. you not i am going to gonna, be on Deborah Mark's side on this one. I I really feel bad about this, and I can't believe they did this. What? Some clown in Yellowstone National Park. A uh, man looks to be in his 40s or 50s. There's actually a photo. He came upon a bison calf that looked to be stranded from the rest of the herd. So he grabbed it and he pulled it up a hillside and reunited it with the herd. Do you know what happened next? The herd rejected the calf. (gasps) Oh, no. And because park rangers thought it was too dangerous, the calf kept walking. (gasps) No,
8: no, you're not going to say what I think you're going to say.
7: They euthanized it.
8: You don't know. Come on. It's, It's a baby
7: bison calf. It's adorable. You they, can see the picture did of did they euthanize lifting? it?
8: Because they're stupid. A
7: needle, I guess, John. I mean, no, no, no. No. Use... no, why? <laughs> well, now. that's what I thought. I thought there might be a sanctuary somewhere. Exactly. Could take... There's got to be. I realize it's going to grow into a monster of a size, but there's got to be a farm
6: I, somewhere I f- where they could take this animal in. Somebody I thought, was lazy. I thought you were going to tell us the guy got stampeded by the herd. That's where. I... Oh, no, I knew no. where that was going. That was the ending I was rooting that for. That would have been the right <laughs> ending.
7: <laughs> Uh, They're looking for the guy. He could face up to six months in jail or $5,000 fine. You have to stay at least 25 yards away from. uh, So they've got two breeding bison herds in the park. So the mother uh, didn't uh, come out? Yeah. Well, the the herd kind of walks together and they just, they wouldn't let the, I guess they kept nudging it out. Really? So once
6: you leave the herd, that's it. You're done.
7: Yeah. Remember that's true with birds, people say? if You could touch a bird, the bird, the mother bird will reject it. No, I didn't know that either. Yep. Oh. Yes. Oh, I, I mean, I was young and my memory's hazy, but I believe that uh, uh, it was my brother or my sister sometimes took baby birds in and put them in a box in the porch. One day uh, they, they pecked their way right in and killed it. The other birds? They did. Yeah, yeah, me, I did. Well, yeah, they, they pecked through the screen porch. Yes, ripped it open, wow. went in there and killed the baby bird in the box while we were gone for an hour or two. You
8: See? have to wear gloves. You have to wear gloves so that maybe if you're going to do that, so that you your scent isn't on. Yeah, the bird. I guess that's
7: what it is, right?
6: See these right. animals are not so nice, Deborah.
8: Well, some of the it's tough love, I guess, with the mob. <laughs> That's I don't know, really tough love. <laughs> I know
6: it's like go off and die. So, yeah. so, so they, they really couldn't take that uh, bison somewhere, huh? She uh, was gonna, I guess, the, the little baby would would die neglected, no food.
8: Uh, I think somebody just thought, okay, let's just do a quick fix because there's no reason why it couldn't go to a sanctuary, and no reason well, at all, just to euthanize. What Come if the on. what if right. the
6: bison at the sanctuary rejected it?
8: <laughs> maybe it would be the lone wow. bison at the sanctuary <laughs> weren't they rejected
7: too though eric wow. they should be yeah, yeah that's loving. fair that's
6: fair uh, uh, a world without well, friends
7: yeah. they're not the national park service is just saying that they would not be able to survive on its own survival depends on its own daily decision and natural selection uh they do not interfere in the natural death of animals on public lands including orphaned
6: offspring now i don't know any of this stuff was it because a human touched the bison yeah, yeah, that's exactly why it got so rejected. if So if the baby had just wandered away for a while...
7: And they, th- they got it and pulled it back, yeah, I don't think it would be a problem, but I think you're right, it's the scent. They yeah. picked up the scent of a, a foreign uh, element, which is a person, and they rejected the animal. You can't be with us
6: anymore. We, we've, had a, we've had a ton of uh, animals in our house, right? Because one of my sons... I mean, literally dozens of little creatures and birds over the years. And I remember um, one of the birds... Uh, had a few eggs which hatched, hmm. and we had an issue because uh, the mother birds kept killing the little babies oh. as soon as they came out of, or they would like push them right out of the. Uh... Out of well the what nest. did
8: you do? I you must have done something to uh, upset
6: the mama bird. No, I didn't do anything.
8: Well then why <laughs> would the mama do that?
6: I don't know. We we, we had this thing where the
8: Were the, you they, were you touching did you touch the eggs?
6: I didn't do anything. Did
8: somebody in your family touch the eggs?
6: I don't know what my son did. He okay, was the well, he was the keeper of the animals.
8: So maybe that's what happened.
6: I just go out and buy the food. <laughs> what would you like to happen to that guy that did
7: this, Deborah Mark, that uh, yanked the poor bison calf up and reunited it with the turd because he I, thought he was doing something exactly. good
8: exactly i uh, i don't i don't think that he should be in trouble he he was he was yes he thought he was doing something good i may have done the same thing
7: <laughs> really <laughs> yeah. I, I i have read and i know you don't go anywhere near them are these idiots that want oh, i didn't know that
8: but when you see this baby struggling it, it, i think it's just an instinct you just you just want to help it
7: yeah maybe he thought it was it was near the water maybe he thought it was going to drown
8: yeah exactly
7: He's pulling it up outside like a little river bed There, he wasn't
8: doing anything to be intentionally harmful to the bison or
6: the group. I, I would have been worried about a stampede because we've, I've got, we've gone to Yellowstone a couple of times. And, and have you been up there when when there's these yeah, huge, yeah. huge herds of bison? Oh yeah, I we cross took pictures the from the road, but I wouldn't get. Yeah, they cross over. Yeah, right? and and that these are big monstrous animals.
7: I wouldn't go up near them. All right, when we return, the San Francisco mayor decided to have uh, an outdoor event to talk about the fentanyl crisis. Well, chaos ensued. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. And Deborah Mark live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to The John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday. And, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app.